so wonderful to be back in church with uh, the saints of God. Um, nothing beats the local church, friends. We can do so many things, we can go places, but not, nothing beats the local church. Not, nothing beats the gathering of the, of the saints on the Lord's Day. Uh, if you've got your Bibles with you, please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians uh, chapter 6. And today we'll be in verse 4 as we finish this little section that the Apostle Paul uh, has been laboring uh, to uh, show us. Uh, how children and parents should operate in the home. I trust that it's been a blessed uh, mini-series that we've done in within a series and has helped us to uh, repent from areas that we need to repent and to grow in loving and honoring and obeying our parents. Now today we come to the uh, ending of this small section as we look at fathers, i.e. parents. Let me read from verse uh, 1 and we'll anchor on verse two, 4 today. Ephesians chapter 6 and I will be preaching and reading from the English Standard Version. Fathers, okay, let me, let me start from verse 1, sorry. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we need your sustenance. We need your sustenance both spiritually and physically. We need you to help us to be able to concentrate, to be able to see what your word says, to be able to digest your own thoughts after you, to be able to apply your word with diligence, excellence, with a contrite spirit and a broken heart, with fervency because we have the Lord Jesus Christ who is our justifier, the just and the justified. I pray, O oh God, that you may be with me, the preacher. I am your servant. And I pray that I may represent you well. And I pray for my hearers that they may concentrate and forget their troubles, forget their worries, and just meditate on God's word. Bless us this Lord's day, I pray. Through your word, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. There is a good way to raise children and there is a bad way. That is very clear in the passage. The problem is that we live in an age where most would view themselves as ones who are in the good category. I mean, who out there would say I am a bad father? Who out there would say I am a bad parent? They would love to see them in, in themselves in a good category and not the bad. Last week we looked at the very important topic from our series through Ephesians of children honoring their parents. We also looked at the blessedness of honoring our parents, which is thriving, uh, living well, but also not that, but having long life because of honoring and obeying your parents. But Paul is not really omitting parents' responsibility. Just in case you think that, well, Paul has focused too much on children, he has forgotten the parents, think again. Paul mentions the father's responsibility in raising up children. And it is quite a reality that so many homes are broken because parents have forsaken this instruction. In fact, parents, some parents do not know this instruction. How many homes are headed by children because fathers have not taken up responsibility? How many homes have fathers who reside, uh, basically reside in bars or reside elsewhere other than in the home because they are failing to take their roles and responsibility? Either in their absence or even in their presence. Do you know that you can fail to take care of your children even if you are there? You can fail to raise them up the way you should even if you are there. And friends, I want us to see how through this text there's a negative to raising children and there's a positive to raising children. First of all, I want us to see the negative. I've, by the way, I've named this sermon, The Fathers Love Your Children. So, first of all, I want you to see how not to love your children. The, the first point is, the, the one way not to raise your children, uh, sorry, one way not to love your children is to trigger them. Look at how the Apostle Paul puts it. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. So that's the negative. It is to, the, one way that you show that you don't love your children or not loving your children is to trigger them. 
The second is the positive. And what is the positive? Paul says this is how you are to love your children. You are to love your children by training and teaching them. Look at how he puts it in the second part of that verse. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So firstly, we see the negative. How, how not to uh, love your children properly is by triggering them. Paul starts with a directive to parents by specifically pinpointing the fathers. Look how he puts it. He says, fathers, comma, do not provoke your children to anger. When he says fathers, Paul is not only saying fathers as if to say you are the only sinful entity in the home. He's actually including mothers in this bracket. Uh, one commentator says the fathers are specified as being the fountains of domestic authority. Fathers are more prone to uh, passion in relation to their children than mothers whose fault is rather overindulgence. So the commentator goes on, he, he, he elaborates, says the reason why Paul is saying fathers first is because they are the fountains of domestic authority. They are the ones who are sort of the head of the governance in the home. But not only that, he goes on to further elaborate that fathers are prone to be a bit more harsh, a bit more overbearing, a bit more tough. And yet the mothers, their fault is to be rather overindulgent. The mother will just sort of, uh, if the child, you know, I don't know if you've ever uh, seen new mothers. New mothers, when they are with their children, uh, you know, this is sweet. Everything that the child does is sweet. There's nothing which they do. Even if they do something wrong, oh, no, 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 you know, don't do that to the baby. But the, but the fathers are just like, stamp him, stamp him. You know, remove the child, do this. So Paul is saying, you know, uh, this commentator is actually making that point to say that is why Paul addresses the fathers. So thus is the head, the, the, the head of the house, the father represents the family, whether the wife is in agreement or not. This is why Paul is calling out the fathers. He's saying that the, the, uh, that the way that you don't show love to your children is through provoking them. Now the word provoke there is parogizo, which means to arouse anger, to trigger rage, to uh, be more specific, to exasperate. It is used twice in the Bible, concordance, to emphasize the same thing directed at specifically the same people. It's also used in Colossians chapter 3 verse 21 in, in an almost identical passage. The apostle Paul is addressing family and he says this to the, uh, 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 to the fathers. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. That's how he puts it in, in 
Colossians 3.21. And the word for discouraged there just simply means to be disheartened, to be spiritless, to be deflated. Have you ever seen those children that are tired of life? Not because of their own sin, but because their parents have deflated them. The, their parents have, have sucked out the life that is within them. And so this child is discouraged. And Paul is saying, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become that way. This is not how you love your children. You must not provoke your children to anger. And friends, to be in a perpetual state of exasperation caused by your father and mother is a very bad place to be in. To be in a state of anger because your parents are unreasonable in their demands and expectations is what Paul is really describing here. And friends, this morning, I just want to instruct us. Remember this sermon when you have children. Remember this sermon when you are encouraging people who are otherwise brought up in homes like this. That do not provoke your children to anger. That is not how you bring up children. And I'll go on to examples of how that actually looks like practically. But back to parents. We have parents who are impossible to please or to deal with. Their children sometimes feel like caged animals. And you feel like you want to escape the hell hole that is home. And little wonder that there's so many children that want to leave their home way before they get to the legal age. They just want to leave. You ask them, why do you want to leave? They tell you, I am done with my parents. I am done with my father. I am done with my mother. I don't want to live here anymore. And you, and you do a little bit of digging. Why is that you find that? No, the father and mother have been exasperating the children, exasperating the life out of the children. And the children, is, the child is damaged, spoiled. And guess what? This spoiling does not, is not only limited to that time frame. It goes way beyond into teenagehood, into adulthood. When we talk about, you know, people carrying baggage. Some of the baggage and most of the baggage, if you trace it back, it's coming from the way they were raised up. And that is why sometimes, friends, we need to be sensitive to some people, some Christians. When we see that someone is, is struggling with something particular, we must take some time to ponder and pray. Because we don't know that, okay, well, maybe this person continues to do this thing because actually it's something that they had to deal with for a vast majority of their life. Maybe for 20 years, you have lived with a, 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 a father who constantly calls you 
ugly. Maybe you're a girl and ladies usually have self-esteem issues. The father is always like, you're ugly, you're ugly. Especially in your teenage years, teenage years, you've got pimples. Or your mother is doing the same thing. How will you grow up? How will you how will you respond to your husband? When your husband comments on you, you probably think that he's attacking you. But when you do investigations, it goes way beyond. So friends, we must be very careful when we think about this parenting thing. It's, it, it's, it's very sensitive. When the Bible says, when, when that saying that says, cash them young, it simply means from foundational level, do it right the first time. Don't leave anything to chance. Because you might destroy the child by the way you're raising for life. And friends, this, when I even think about this sermon, I should have, in fact, titled it Dear Mom and Dad. Because sometimes we may need to write letters to our parents. We may need to say, Dear Mom and Dad, you have not raised me the proper way, and I'm seeing the effects. Listen to what one commentator said, John Calvin. He says, Kind and liberal treatment has rather a tendency to cherish reverence for their parents and to increase the cheerfulness and activity of their obedience, while a harsh an unkind manner rouses them to obstinacy and destroys the natural affections. Uh, John Kelvin, a, a, a 16th century theologian, is actually saying that you need to raise your children in a tender manner. He's not saying you have to spoil them. He's saying be tender-hearted, be gentle, because it will arouse obedience cheerfulness it's like saying having a, a dog let me give you an example of a dog you pet the dog you encourage it you give it a bone and then when it makes a, a mistake you smack it or maybe it goes where it's not supposed to go you smack it okay you are showing this is not the way to live but this is the way to conduct yourself likewise let's say you've got a, a in your in your marriage husbands you're dealing with your wife the apostle paul says do not deal with them harshly lest your prayers be hindered so there's a way to talk to your wife about a particular thing because the moment you are harsh is the moment they won't joyfully submit Try it, those who are married. Try it. Or even, it can even be in your friends, friendships. To say, harshness brings out things which are the, the, the utmost negative. 
And I'll say this, friends, you want to bring out the best in your children, be kind. Be tender-hearted. Likewise, you want to bring out the best in your spouses, be kind and tender-hearted. So, things that could exasperate your children. Number one, incessant anger. Parents who are always angry. And in your anger, you misdirect your frustration. So you're angry about life. You're angry about things that are, things are not going well in the home. You Maybe you've been cheating on your spouse and that guilt is eating you. And you're just angry. You're angry. You take it out of the children. You are exasperated. Paul is saying, this is not the way to bring them up. Don't trigger. You're triggering your children. Number, number three, uh, number one was incessant anger. Number two, misdirected frustration. Number three, unbridled strictness. You are just strict for no reason. Uh, 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 I've measured the whole. The moment you go a centimeter over the gate, I'll beat you. Oh, when you're going to the tuck shop, I've timed you. From here to the tuck shop is three minutes. Ukagoshika, five minutes. Mawan. You, there's no allowance for liberty. There's no allowance for freedom to breathe, for air. You are just someone who is strict. And friends, once you do that to your children, especially the girl child, they'll give you problems. Massive. You rule the day you became a parent. They'll do some abominations for you. Number four, you're overbearing. You can exasperate your children by being overbearing. You're just too much. Have you ever heard that statement? They're just too much. Comment on your hairstyle, your earrings. Your career choices there. In fact, that's the, the, the fifth point. Wanting to correct, control your career choices. Have you ever met parents? And I always laugh because for me, it's absolutely ridiculous. Whether it's a bad joke or whatever, you're sitting there with your friends. I want my child to be an engineer. Who are you? Who are you? God has given you as a steward, not as a God, not as a mini God. You're a steward of these children. So you, you are meant to harness that potential that they have. You are not to control their career choices. It is not your, your duty as a parent to wake up and say, well, to, uh, I want Ben to be an astronaut and I'm going to work my socks off and see to it that Ben is an astronaut even if it means working, grinding Ben to the bone. Running the youngster to the ground. Some of these schools you see these parents pressuring the children, let's say maybe in the sporting arena. 
make the child, maybe the child runs and becomes a good athlete. And all of a sudden, the parent thinks, well, this is actually a moment of pride for me. So what should I do? Take the youngster to gym, start feeding them steroids. Creatine. The child is now under pressure to perform. And if they lose that race, man, they're depressed and it's because of you. Paul say, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not be unreasonable. And sometimes, friends, we need to talk to our parents to say, with all the love in the world, and in a, I want to honor you, I want to love you, I want to obey you, but you are being unreasonable. And you're exasperated. Sometimes it's sad because some children do not have anyone as their advocate. They are all alone in the hell that is home. They are all alone. There's no one to fight for them. There's no one to stand in the gap for them. The sixth one was prohibiting them from worshipping God. That's the big one. But I'll come back to that as I address it from the scriptures. Let's go to the positive aspect. So we've seen how not to love your children by triggering them and provoking them to anger. Now the, the positive. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Paul is using uh, two words there that are very interesting. The first one is uh, paideia, which is discipline. It just means to educate or train by, by, by discipline by uh, correction, by chastening, by chastising, by instructing, by nurture. Remember, God disciplines those who he loves. He disciplines his children. Hebrews 12, 7. God, if you are, are a Christian and you're not living right, God will put corrective discipline in place and you will feel the weakness. There's always consequences to sin. If you're doing the things that are, that, that are, are not godly, or that, that are not godly, how do you expect God to be pleased with you? Thus it would follow, even for children, as cute as they are, if I am to love my child, I need to bring in discipline, corrective. You're saying, I will not spare the rod. Because if I do, I will spoil you. Most parents think that, well, the best way to bring up a child is to let them do their own thing. Paul uses another word there where he says, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The, the, the other word for instruction in the other versions is actually admonition which is nothesia, simply means a rebuke, a mild rebuke or warning. 
to say, my child. There's a time for rot. There's a time for warnings. So Paul is actually saying, the way we are to bring up our children is not the way the world brings up the children. But it is the way which Christians those who are born again, those who have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, those who are sanctified are to bring up the children. And friends, I am convinced that many households do not know how to apply Simply because even the parents themselves are confused. Even the parents themselves do not know the Bible. Even the parents themselves cannot agree amongst themselves to say, if a child is doing this, this is what we're supposed to do. The mother will say, ah, oh, you're too harsh. The father will say, no, 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 no. Then it's a fight between the father and mother. And all the years are spent in quarreling whilst the child is growing. <laughs> By the time you finish quarreling, you've got a rebel. You have not done your job. You've just spent it doing other things. The consequences of not bringing up children the way that the, in the fear of the Lord are also found in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 to 14 talks about the sons of Eli who were a disgrace to their father but then the father also paid the consequences listen to verse 14 therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's, Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever God destroyed them. Says you have been disobedient to God. You've not brought your children up. Listen to Albert Barnes. He says no one can doubt that the Bible enjoins on parents the duty of endeavoring to train up their children in the ways of religion and making it the grand purpose of this life to prepare them for heaven. It has often, it has been often objected that children should be left on religious subjects to form their own opinions when they are to, when they're able to judge for themselves. Friends, leaving a child to themselves and saying that they will figure life on their own is the most irresponsible and evil thing a parent can do. Nowadays, toddlers have gadgets. They are left to be brought up by unbelievers. You say, well, for me, we are just too busy, guys. We just have a grand view and a grand focus on life. I want to build banks. I want to be the manager of spas and etc. etc. So once we have children, let them be brought up by an unbeliever. So both the mother and the father are absent. So the children is being brought up by a maid who's an unbeliever. And the maid is abusing the children. You don't even know what the maid is doing to the 
child, when you're at work, but you're just saying, oh, by faith, I will leave the child. Oh, that's scary. That's very scary. They choose their gender in this day and age. Oh, girls think that they're boys. Men think that they're women. Young girls have become gullible prostitutes. Exposed to the evils this world can offer. The other day I was driving uptown. Uh, I don't know what the street is called. And this young girl you can tell that this is a young girl broad daylight she is just wearing almost nothing almost nothing and you can tell even from this person as you look at them you say this person their heart is hardened they've been exposed to the evils of the world surely friends we must be concerned about bringing up the next generation. If we're going to be having a next generation of Christians, we must be concerned. We even elevate sports, cartoons, entertainment, cartoon network over the scripture. You see parents saying, oh, I bought my child, you know, the subscriber, DSTV, people are watching cartoons and whatever. The child knows no scripture. There's no singing at home, no hymn singing, no catechism, no reading of scripture. All the, the only thing that child knows is cow and chicken. The only thing that the child knows is playing funny games on the iPad. That's that's how they're brought up. It's tragic. It's actually tragic. That's that's how some of us were brought up. All of us, if, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, our parents thought, oh, we're doing a good job. Friends, the prayer is that we are not helping the cause of the devil. And the raising, and we're praying that we're not raising little Lucifers. Woe unto me, woe be unto us if we do not raise up children by training and teaching, by discipline, by admonition, with the fear of God. could go on. The young men are spoiled, effeminate, they're lazy, drug addicts, Netflix, binging, thug and vile. That is, the, that is the society. And if we raise our children this way, we're, we're in disobedience. But I, I must be quick to say, friends, that everyone in here has an about raising children. But I want us, I want to warn us, let's not focus on the peripherals. Let's not focus on the secondary tertiary matters. Because everyone here, if asked to pen down 
We can explain the whole thing say, okay, no, this is how you raise children. This is how you raise children. This is how you raise children. Let's focus on the primary, which is scripture. Scripture says, disciple children, uh, raise them up in the fear of the Lord. Teach them this word. Teach them the law. Don't, don't spare the rod. If the child is wrong, rod. Rod. I will quote some scriptures later on about this. But most have opinions about child rearing up until the Lord actually gives them children. They do. Oh, Huh? I think those ones, the so and so's, yeah, they're not really raising their children. Right? Yeah? Huh? Maybe those people are actually endeavoring to please the Lord. I'm just going to show us that our opinions sometimes are unbiblical and they go overboard. Christians should agree widely what it looks like. To raise children. Ah, those ones are. You know, I don't think so. They bought the child a, a blue t shirt. And that child is a girl. No. You're already digging into things that are peripheral. So, three things that we can do to raise up children through discipline and instruction, through teaching and admonition, evangelizing them. That's the first one. Second one, teaching them about God. Third, catechizing. What is catechism? If I would ask us, what is the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That's a catechism question. Instead of seeing you worldly scholars, why do we catechize our children from a young age? What is the chief end of man? What is your only hope in life and death? Who is God? What is God? And there are so many catechisms. The Heidelberg Catechism, the Baptist Catechism, the, 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 the Shorter Catechism. So many catechisms. Sometimes, friends, let's be honest, we are lazy. I always see it myself sometimes. And I'm challenged. I knew by the word of God that I should be someone who is always ready to teach my daughter. Always ready. But we leave it to chance. Listen to the word of God. I'll just quote some scriptures and I'll close. Proverbs 23, verse 13 to 14. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with a rod, you will save his soul from shale. Proverbs 29, verse 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. The reason why your child is the way they are is because of you. Simple. I've got no other explanation for you. Proverbs 29 verse 17, discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. If you bring up your child in the most godly way, 
he will give you rest. You won't have to cry. I have met parents who love their children, who trust their children so much. Ask them, so what made you allow your child to go to university in England with so much corruption of the heart and soul? They tell you, I did the work early. I'm done. I did the work early. The rest is up to God. So that parent is confident that they've done what they've been called to do. Proverbs 13 verse 24, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline. And friends, this is for women mostly. If you don't beat your child when they're supposed to be beaten, you hate them. <laughs> you hate them. That's what the Bible says. We, we, we are trusting on scripture. I'm not saying abusing. I'm saying when you're supposed to apply the rod and you don't, you hate them. Deuteronomy 6 verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. The child should know that, oh, this is what I've been born to. These people talk the gospel, they live the gospel, they sing the gospel, they pray the gospel. Proverbs 22 verse 15, quickly. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the road of discipline drives it far from him. The Bible says there's folly in the heart of a child. There's evil. In behold, in my mother's womb, I was brought up, I was conceived in iniquity. There is sin, sin abounds. And whilst we are praying for their salvation, whilst we are bringing them up in the instruction and admonition of the Lord, we are to apply. My friends, this is the, one of the hardest vocations in life to be a parent. If it's not done rightly, it has got devastating consequences. Devastating. If it's done rightly, you reap rewards a hundredfold. Something that needs to be thought about. Something that needs to be spoken about. Something that needs to be really thought through to say, are we doing the right thing? But the most important thing is to bring your children to God. Listen to Matthew 19 verse 14. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. How will the little children go to Christ if you do not personally know him and live for him? 
Or should others do the work that you that is supposed to be for you? Should other people disciple your children? Should the world disciple your children? Should Eminem disciple your children? Tupac Shakua. Should he disciple your children? We were discipled by Tupac, some of us. And friends, I tell you, that's devastating. Of course, there's, of course there's hope in Christ. He is there. Now say, friends, run to Christ and ask him to save you so that you can bring up your children the right way. If you are in Christ, repent from your story. Be refreshed anew and know that you have an advocate who sympathizes with your weakness on your worst days and is your refuge and strength and is motivation in your good days. Christ is our all in all. And he is the one we look to to bring up these little Say, Lord, help me be a father that glorifies you. Help me be a mother that glorifies you. Because it's tough. It will become tough. It's difficult. Because sin abounds. But the Lord Jesus Christ comforts us and says, Come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. Bring these problems to me and trust me and obey. And you will do right. Fathers and mothers, love your children. 